Hello, and welcome to Right Brain Rounds with Dr. Karina Muller. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and as always, thank you for listening. Well, welcome everyone. This is another episode of Right Brain Rounds. And today I have Dr. Terry Malcolm with us. And I would really love to um, introduce her. She is a physician coach. She is also a board certified OBGYN. And I'm going to let her take it from there to introduce herself and let us know about how she became a physician, what her educational journey was, and also her. Um, journey as far as different career uh, paths that she has taken throughout her life. Hi, Karina. Thank you for inviting me to be part of your podcast. I am um, really delighted to be one of your guests and uh, having gotten a chance to know you over the past few months, it's an honor to be your friend and um, really excited to be here with you today. So um, yeah, you, you kind of nailed it. That's, that's me, um, pretty much in a nutshell. Um, my, my journey into medicine started as a little girl. I, I knew as early as age six that I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't really know what it meant to be a doctor, but I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I loved, um, I loved the sciences. I loved learning. And, um, one of my aunts who's been really instrumental in, in my life, was a nurse at the local hospital in Georgia where she grew up. And she said that I always reminded her of the doctors that she worked with because I loved to read. And she saw, she said all the doctors that she interacted with were always reading and they were always studying and they were always learning. And I think that just really planted a seed in my mind that, um, that there was a future in medicine for me. So as I grew up and got to know more about sciences and you know how the body works, that passion for learning more about science and just a real value of lifelong learning and wanting to be of service to others is what truly drew me to the field of medicine. So OBGYN was not exactly the direction that I was going to go. I tried to talk myself out of it because so many people said, are you sure you want to be an obstetrician? Because as you know, babies have absolutely no respect for calendars and schedules and appointments. And, um, but again, yes, (laughs) not at all. They, they have their, their own schedules, uh, which is one of the things that makes them, you know, so amazing. And that's what, um, and that's what I loved about being an OBGYN was really the um, the bringing of life into this world and working um, and partnering together with with my patients who really cared about their health and their well being and um, and so that's what I always really focused on was preventative care and my patients having the absolute best outcomes that they could possibly possibly have and trying to meet all of all of their goals for what they wanted not just in their pregnancies but even for what they wanted in their um in their lives overall as as women as far as how they wanted to take care of themselves and being there for their children and their parents and their spouses and and everything else so um as um as a practicing clinician Um, I was an employed physician and was part of a multi-specialty practice and was 
um, introduced into leadership as we, we, you know, we're working with non-clinician leaders and who are starting to really ask us questions about the practice and how to make the practice more profitable. And, you know, there's a business side of medicine that we don't learn about in, in medical school. And those were aspects that I had never thought about before. And I had never been asked those questions before. And, and in, you know, formulating the responses to it, to them, I just recognize like there's a disconnect here. We are speaking two different languages. We as clinicians, we're all speaking a much more clinical language, very patient-centered, very people-centered. And not that my non-clinician leaders didn't have that as a focus. I just think that was not the top priority. It was more about the profitability and the finances and the uh, financial statements and, and meeting these targets. And so I start, I got, that made me very curious. And I started to ask questions and, um, and the more that I asked questions, the more that I realized, okay, I still don't know. And there's so much more for me to learn. And so I did, um, you know, I started to pursue the business aspect of medicine and, you know, ultimately did get my MBA. And that then equipped me with a whole new perspective where I could see how these two different entities of, you know, the financial part and the business part of medicine, and then the people part and the clinical aspect of medicine, how they really can intermesh and how they really can come together and how we as physicians can have a more vocal voice and um, at, at the table. And, and so through that, that really gave me an opportunity to start pursuing more of the physician leadership um, roles. Not that I was there to be the sole voice of the physicians because I'm not, but I was there to offer a perspective that sometimes was not otherwise considered in some of the decision-making that would directly impact, um, impact physicians and how we practice and how we go about doing our business and our business of taking care of patients. So um, yeah, I, you know, moved into various leadership positions and, um, you know, have been in medical director positions, regional medical director positions, chief medical officer, and through my journey as a physician leader, I got to work with a coach, and I was introduced to coaching, and it was coaching that I had never experienced before, but in working with somebody who was really focused on helping me to achieve my goals, that opened up major doors for me. That um, it was just, uh, it was an opportunity for me to engage in conversation and in dialogue about what was really important to me and my you know, initial taste introduction to coaching was in group coaching. And I said, okay, I will, I really want to do more of this and I would like more of the personalized coaching. And so I sought out my own executive coach who I still work with to the, to this day. And he's actually um, a, a really good friend and somebody that I partner with now and in, in offering some services to our healthcare community. And I, I recognized that coaching helped me to get out of my own headspace. It helped me to realize, okay, what am I really 
experiencing in this moment? What am I really feeling in this moment? What is, what is getting in my way? What is, what is exciting me? What is motivating me? And by getting more in touch with what my passions were and what my values are and what my motivators and my demotivators are, that helped me to really step into new areas that I had never thought that I would do before. It helped me to come out of my box more. It helped me come out of my shell. It just helped me to strive for, for things that I would have otherwise have thought these are, these things are completely impossible. And, um, and I, I'm so grateful for the impact that a coach had in my life that I thought I, I would love to be able to share this with our physician colleagues that I, I saw some of our colleagues you know, struggling with symptoms of burnout or struggling with self-doubt, struggling with, you know, not achieving the goals that, that they had set for a number of different reasons. And thought, well, what if they had a coach? Like, what if they had a coach who was similar to them in being a physician and can understand the challenges that they're experiencing as a physician and be there as a, not just as a support base, but really be there who can empower them and encourage them to do the things that they really want to do and understanding why they do the things that, that they do. Um, and so that's, that's really where the transition came from moving from you know, full-time leadership into physician development coaching and really wanting to be a, a coach and be a partner for our colleagues. I'm so impressed by everything that you've been able to do in your career. And, you know, if you look at it, it, it's not like you've been in practice for, you know, 25 years. I mean, it's just so much over a short amount of time and it's just so impressive. And, you know, as a fellow OBGYN, um, I can totally relate to being a part of someone's most intimate part of their life, like a birth. Um, and going through that process with someone and trying to relate it to the business of medicine, which, you know, charts, graphs, money, you know, things that we're not always comfortable speaking about in medicine, um, because we feel like as physicians, we were not trained to do that, yet we are experts at something that took a long time to time, money, investment in, and, you know, to become a physician. And then looking at the coaching aspect, we have spent so much time, money, um, you know, work to get to where we are as physicians that sometimes we forget that we need to take care of ourselves. And even if we don't have a problem or, you know, a quote unquote, you know, um, I don't know, problem to address that mm -hmm. coaching can help. And especially if it's from someone who understands and gets it and looks at all the different changes that we go through, you know, from being a medical student to being in our internship, residency, fellowship, starting a practice, you know, these types of things. So, you know, through all of those transitions, sometimes a coach who knows what you're going through is even better than speaking to a spouse or a best friend or your mother or father, you know, someone who maybe doesn't quite understand the stressors of 
what medical training is all about. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm just really amazed by your history and um, your career. And I always love to hear more about what your future career aspirations are um, as a coach and someone who has business knowledge and a board certified OBGYN. That's a great question. And honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I don't have the, the future all planned out. And, um, and even some of those plans that, you know, maybe, or some of the dreams and some of the goals that I had, that I had laid out in, in light of where we are right now, um, not just as, as a nation, but internationally with the COVID-19 era, era, those, those things are, are changing. Some of those goals and those dreams that, that I have are, are having to adapt to the changing times. So, you know, in, in generic terms, of course, I want to continue to grow the business. Of course, I want to continue to partner with physician colleagues and I want, um, I don't want to, con- you know, continue to offer my services as a coach. I think that what hasn't changed though is why I do this and what my real dream is long-term for the future. And, and from that standpoint, I would say that that is, you know, my vision for our physician community is for physicians to be agile, resilient, and compassionate, exemplifying authenticity in every relationship and in every encounter so that they can thrive as they lead. Like that's, that's truly what, I want to see happen for our physician community. How we're going to get there, I think a lot of that is still to be determined. And, um, and I want to do my best to play a role in that. And I, and I think that, as I said, the, the, um, the what and, and the how is, is going to adapt and change as our external environment continues to adapt and change. And as we continue to adapt and change and change as, as human beings and, and, and as physicians, I, the, the way that I practiced and more importantly, I'd say the way that I was trained, which it's almost been 20 years now <laughs> since I graduated from medical school, I still can't believe that my 20 year reunion is less than a year away. But even since I finished medical school and I got to give a little shout out to Tulane University School of Medicine in, in New Orleans. So that's, that's where I finished. Awesome. Um, yeah. Shout out to the uh, big green wave. Um, you know, the, the medical school training of course has, has um, evolved and it has adapted and I know, and that's going to happen even more based upon the current times and, yes. and how this pandemic has, has impacted us. So you know, I, I don't have the exact answer for what my, my future is going, is going to be and how that's all going to be played out. And, and I can, you know, tell you as somebody who likes to plan, that drives me crazy because I wish that every single step was perfectly laid out and I could just say, this is how you follow it exactly. But, um, but I, I don't think my why is going to change and really what my, my hope is for, for the future. And I think most physicians who you know, in particular may have a type A personality. This is very difficult because we have no control over the future or planning. Um, You know, the the main thing that we have control over is what we do from day to day. And, you know, as a practice owner, it's a little bit um, 
scary too, because, you know, we have to adapt to seeing patients in a different way, adjusting to change, um, really incorporating telemedicine into something that, you know, a lot of times requires physical touch and, you know, for diagnosis. Um, and also, you know, we use a lot of ultrasound in, in my current practice. And, you know, I think it's really brought out a lot of innovation in, in many aspects as well. And, you know, adjusting to times of quick change. I mean, because if you think about it, we're getting updates daily about all of the changes that are going on and, you know, testing that's available. How are we going to treat these patients? What's the best medical you know, algorithm to use um, when, you know, treating patients with COVID-19. And so, I mean, I think it, it's really exemplified what we do as physicians and, you know, that we can mold to every change. And, um, you know, maybe with the help of coaching that can make things a little bit easier in this time. Um, is there um, any advice that you would give to other women in medicine, you know, based on the things that you've learned throughout your career and your coach training that um, you wish people knew who were maybe earlier in their career or going through a tough time right now in this time of pandemic? Yeah, I think there's there's so much that's out there to to share with people, but I I think the the one thing that has made a really big difference for me and and coaching has helped significantly this is is how we talk to ourselves and that the way that we talk to ourselves is very very powerful and that if we can shift our focus from what we can control um, and away from the things that we can't control, that that will have such a tremendous impact. And that's really what, that's one of the things that coaching has been instrumental for me in that, um, you know, as, as you kind of alluded to the type A personality, I am a natural perfectionist. I want things to be correct. I want things to be um, I want things to be perfect and, you know, striving for perfection is exhausting. And, um, and if it wasn't perfect, then I was very disappointed in myself, not with others. I, I under, I under, I gave everybody else the benefit of the doubt and didn't give myself the benefit of the doubt. It was okay if anybody else made a mistake or didn't achieve their goal or, um, you know, had a mishap or, you know, things just didn't turn out as planned. That was okay. That was, that's fine. I understand. It was total understanding and compassion for them of it didn't work out. It's okay. I was there to, you know, comfort and soothe, but I didn't do the same for myself. I didn't give myself a break. There was no sense of self-compassion. There was just the inner critic um, who was very loud in my head, and she even has a name, Lady Tremaine. Uh, me I love it. Her. Yeah, I, I had to, you know, <laughs> I had to personalize her so that <laughs> um, kind of get her to to settle settle down in in my head a little bit. So by giving her a cartoon character like persona, it it helped her to not be so mean. <laughs> um, but. Um, I, you know, I came to realize that that inner critic, 
is one perspective. It's not the sole perspective. And that, you know, my inner critic was really trying to protect me and wanted me to stay safe. And the inner critic just didn't want me to be embarrassed or to be disappointed or to be hurt or to be harmed in any way. And so the inner critic was just trying to take care of me and protect me. And by recognizing, again, that that's one perspective. Okay, yeah, maybe there is some concern here. Maybe there is some fear. Like, how can I look at this differently? So if there is concern about trying to launch a new project, or if there is concern about um, learning a new clinical technique, or if there is concern about expanding your business or your practice in some fashion, kind of talking your, yourself through the, well, what if, and what if, and what if this happens, and what if that happens, and going through the worst case scenario, and what is it that the inner critic really wants me to hear and wants me to see and wants me to recognize that maybe I haven't considered? And then how am I going to address that? How, how can I overcome that? And is that as big of a fear, or as big of a concern as I really think it is? So if I do something like, I don't know, start a podcast, or if I do something like put a video out there, What's the worst that could happen if I do do it? I mean, yeah, I might get dislikes or, <laughs> um, you know, or maybe nobody listens, but you know, have I been adversely harmed in any way by doing that? No, I haven't. And what's, what can I, what's going to happen as a result? Well, I learned from that and I got over the hump of not doing it in the first place. And even if it was the worst of the worst and it was just catastrophic, horrible. it was yes. catastrophic. Exactly. It's like, Oh my gosh, I hope nobody ever has to hear that again. And please erase that from the universe as we know it. The only place I have to go from there is up. It's only going to get better if I try it again, exactly. I try it again. And so I think that's, um, that's most certainly what I would tell my younger self you know, who was so critical of herself and not, not getting everything just as I wanted it to be of not, not making it perfect. You know, stop, stop striving for perfection, strive for excellence. And that's where, that's where I'm going in everything that I do. And to really be mindful of what is your inner critic saying to you, be mindful mm -hmm. of the, the mantra that is running, running through your head. And is that one that is going to empower you or is that really one that's going to hold you back? And I think that's important too, in the world of coaching, um, you know, looking at your saboteurs, looking at that inner critic, recognizing that it exists and how we can better prepare ourselves to think in situations where that saboteur is speaking, that Lady Germain is coming out and, trying to take over the situation and knowing that, you know, even if the worst case scenario does happen, which typically it doesn't, mm -hmm. there, there's a way that we can respond and deal with that. And I think through coaching that that's something that's so important, especially in physicians who, you know, a lot of us are perfectionists. Um, self-proclaimed perfectionists. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. You know, patients love that, right? I want to go to a doctor who claims to be a perfectionist. <laughs> but 
sometimes it's just a little bit too taxing on the physician's soul. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like in different, um, you know, subspecialties of medicine, there's more adverse outcomes that we as physicians feel that we had some type of control over and have a guilt or, um, you know, uh, you know, just feel like we're responsible for the outcome when really that's not something that we should bear the burden of. And so, you know, there's many things in taking care of ourselves as physicians with coaching and recognizing those inner saboteurs, Mm -hmm. the thoughts of inadequacy, imposter syndrome, things like that, that, you know, once you can recognize that and have a, a different programmed response to those thoughts that, you know, you can succeed and overcome those fears of the worst case scenario always happening and reach, you know, self-determined goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, you know, I just, I learned how to listen to it and, um, you know, take what is going to be beneficial to me, like what's really going to empower me and then set aside that which is holding me back, but, but still listen to it. And I, I think I, you know, I learned how to really stop letting it dominate all of my thoughts. It's, it's, it's going to be a part of it. And, and I don't expect that, um, that Lady Tremaine is going to completely go away. I don't think that, that that's going to be the case, but, um, but she's, she doesn't talk as loudly as she, as she used to. She's, uh, she's not the commander in chief in my headspace anymore. Wonderful. <laughs> I just want to um, tell a little story to listeners here about how Terry and I met. And um, we met in Seattle at the capstone of the Physician Coaching Institute um, cohort program. And we both went through a six-month training program through the Physician Coaching Institute um, led by Francine Galore. And she is an internal medicine physician turned coach. And um, she founded the Physician Coaching Institute. And um, when Terry and I met, we sat next to each other at the first initial capstone meeting and we were talking and she said, I'm an OBGYN. And I said, well, I'm an OBGYN. <laughs> and we, we figured out that we had so much in common and I felt like the entire cohort, which was made up of eight physicians and two other physician coaches, um, just really connected on that being of service to other people Um, line of thought. Mm -hmm. And especially when I met Terry, I just knew that we were going to be friends for a long time, colleagues and coaches together. And I I really value this relationship that we have and, um, you know, kind of coming up with some ways that we could let other physicians know um, kind of what coaching is and maybe um, unlocking the mystery behind physician coaching is something that we said, you know what, let's talk to other docs about this. Let's let them know what it's all about. You don't have to be in trouble or scared or fearful to, to seek physician coaching. You, you just have to have a goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, um, 
you know, when you you talk about when we first met, as as I kind of reflect on that, it I, at the moment it it seemed like there was just this like mag magnetism between us, like it was like sparks just flew because there was so much that we immediately connected on and realized that that we have in common and. I, I think that that is one of the benefits of having a physician coach is that there's just a basic level of understanding from the very beginning, just at, at its foundation, while our, our commitment is in being of service to others. That's, you know, that's first and foremost, the, the fact that we really understand the physician mindset, we understand the experiences, the challenges, the triumphs the joys of, of being a physician. I, um, I, I think that that just provides such comfort for our physician clients that they don't have to go into details about explaining some of the scenario. And, you know, in our job as clinicians, as coaches is not to really get into the weeds because we're not there to solve anybody's problem. Um, but we can provide that that space where they can talk very freely and very openly and know that we on the other end, as we are listening to what they have to say, we understand. There's a sense of understanding about what um, what your experiences are. And um, and I and I think that 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 is what is so beautiful about coaching and what some of our colleagues may not know about coaching. And I think, and it's definitely stuff that I learned through coaching uh, in being a client and being coached and also in going through the training to become a coach. And so some of the things that I kind of just share with my clients is, especially as they're kind of on the fence, I'm not quite sure because I've, I've heard this question before even, I don't know if I need a coach or if I need a therapist. I'm not mm -hmm. sure would be more beneficial to me and um and i and i like to just kind of walk them through here's the differences here's some of the the similarities and kind of here's the nuances of coaching and and what what coaching is about is in, in terms of the approach it's really about asking and exploring it's really about asking powerful questions asking uh, reflective questions, asking questions that are specific to the physician, that are specific to the client and what is top of mind for them, what they are looking for and exploring that together with them. And the relationship with the client and the coach is, is a partnership and it is a non-hierarchical partnership in our practice world, in our business world. We are. Um, very used to being referred to as Dr. So-and-so, that there's a clear distinction and depending upon your healthcare system or your practice, there might be a very, very clear distinction between the doctor and the advanced practice provider and the nurse and the technician and the non-clinical leader. And yes, you're all members of the same team, but there, there can most certainly be a, um, a hierarchy. There can be a structure there. And in, the, in this, we're coach and client, we're on the same level. Um, we recognize that the client 
is the expert. They are the expert about themselves. And so we're not coming in to tell them what to do. And the emphasis is really on them discovering new things about themselves and discovering about more about their emotions, about their feelings, about their thoughts, about their motivators, their demotivators, their values, with the objective that they will achieve their goals. That's what we're trying to assist you in doing. And not that it has to be done a certain way, not that you may reach the goal exactly as you wanted to, but the, our objective is really in helping you to achieve that goal. And where that, you know, that coaching profession is, is different from mentoring or consulting or, or counseling is that with mentors, it's more about telling and demonstrating because you've done it before. So as, a, as an OBGYN, if somebody said, well, I really want to be an OBGYN, I would share with them, this is how you do it. This is how you become an OBGYN. This is you know, these are the scores you need to get on the test. These are the kinds of tests that you need to take. These are the programs you need to apply for. This is what the curriculum is going All to look like. All the steps. Very clear mm -hmm. steps. And the emphasis is more about them learning and developing skills as far as the objective to becoming an OBGYN. Whereas with a consultant, they're advising and they're recommending. So they're coming in, they're going to do a full assessment. They're going to maybe look at your practice inside out, look at all the four corners of your practice, and then give you a, um, give you a proposal of solutions. So that's the objective with a consultant is, Based upon your current standing, your status, here's, um, here's what I would propose that you do. And so the emphasis is really about knowledge and you gaining new knowledge about your practice or whatever it is that you're asking a consultant to look at. And with a counselor, it's more about diagnosing and informing. So if there are some unresolved issues and it's looking more into the past about why things are a challenge for you or why you haven't been able to move beyond what you you want it it gives a diagnosis to it so then you can start to heal and it's so it's more of a therapeutic relationship to heal and resolve um, unresolved issues and when i've had that conversation with clients and those who are wondering again, do I need a counselor? Do I need a mentor? Do I need a coach? When they hear how a coach differs from these other professions who are great, what, these are great professions and can be of tremendous benefit to you, then it's very clear about, okay, this is what coaching is. This is what coaching is not. I do need a coach, or maybe I'm not ready for a coach right now. Maybe this isn't the right thing for me and I need a different professional helping me. Or maybe I have a coach and I have a mentor, and here's the different roles that these two people can play in, in my life. I think it, it really helps in setting that foundation for our relationship that they understand this is, this is how I'm going to show up for you, and this is how they're going to show up for me in that partnership. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think when you look at return of investment and you say, okay, this is what a consultant can do for my business. It's kind of like, this is what a coach can do for me. Mm -hmm. And you say, this is how I'm going to show up for myself, take care of myself, recognize any inner critics, saboteurs, um, and find out what my self-determined goals are 
which would be like number two, you know, of things that I really wish people would know about coaching is, you know, the thing that you want most is the goal that we work on with the client. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you would imagine in the future and say, you know what, in six months from now, after coaching, I want to have started my own business or I, I want to have had a better relationship with myself and have better thoughts about how I deal with my inner saboteur. And, you know, by the end of that six months, imagine what your life will look like. Mm -hmm. What would happen if you didn't do that? Mm -hmm. What happened if you didn't take the time to invest in yourself and learn more about yourself and that self-determined goal? So, you know, as I was saying before, it's like, you don't have to have a problem. You just have to have a goal. And that's what the coach is there to help with in a non-hierarchical way as a peer. And what better way for someone to interact with another physician is if they've lived that life before. They've gone through residency. They've gone through the match and the uncertainty of what's going to happen. And, you know, all of the things, you know, the training when you're on your 19th hour of not getting any sleep. Mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and having to sign out and go on rounds and, you know, be afraid that you're not going to get it right when you, <laughs> when you're talking to your attending. Okay. So we've all been through it and you know, what better way, you know, kind of like a soccer star, a soccer star coaching a soccer team, physicians coaching other physicians in a peer to peer interaction that is also confidential. So, you know, I think that's another thing that I would love for other physicians to know. And I know that you were going to also speak about just how, you know, from the physician um, that they might not see themselves as being complete or resourceful. And that was something that you wanted to speak about. Yeah, I I think that's a, another critical part of coaching is that the coach is seeing the client as being, you know, complete, resourceful and whole. And so there's there's not anything missing or lacking in the client and the, um that you know, you're not broken you're not broken, I'm not broken, you know, any of your listeners they're we're not broken. And so we don't need to be fixed. And that that's, um, that's exactly what coaching is not. It's not about trying to fix you or turn you into another person who you, who you may not be. It's, it's really about discovering who you are and so that you can be your best self. And, uh, you know, and, and my coaching is, is very much rooted in strengths-based coaching. And so it's focusing on what are you really good at and understanding what your strengths are and understanding what your values are and getting in touch with your emotions and your feelings so that you can leverage those strengths and not try so hard to close the gap on areas where you are not as strong. So if you get some awareness about 
what your weaker points are, and I don't want to call them weaknesses, but you know, maybe what your weaker points are, and not that you're trying to make those as strong as your strengths, but you know, maybe there, you know, there's a recognition that, wow, okay, I don't data or just analytics. I'll say, you know, analytics is not one of my strengths. So it's not an area where I excel. However, I excel really well in communication and I excel really well in relationship building and knowing that those are my areas of strength. So would I want to maybe take on a project that is very um, analytically driven or that that's the biggest emphasis, that may be where I want to pull in one of my colleagues who is really strong in analytics and ask them to be a partner in this project because I know they're going to come with that level of knowledge at every meeting that we have, or they're going to be able to simplify it and explain it to the rest of the group in a manner that I may not be as equipped in because they understand that analytical piece much stronger than I do. And so I, I, I really want others to recognize that this is not about fixing anybody, that you already are an extremely brilliant, accomplished, highly capable individual. You wouldn't be where you are right now if you were not. And because there's a goal that you have that maybe you're uh, challenged with trying to achieve it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It means that there's a, maybe a perspective that you have not taken on and that maybe there's some limiting beliefs that could be holding you back from getting there and that that's what a coach is going to help you to discover. And I think Looking at it too from this, um, I mean, this is another aspect of coaching that, you know, Terry and I talked about that we wish that physicians knew about is that, you know, in that peer to peer relationship, in that non hierarchical way of communication, um, figuring out what the client's core values are and they can align with those. Like, let's take, for example, authenticity. How can they align with that in their leadership position or their position as a physician within an you know, educational organization? How can they look at that in their personal lives, in their relationships, mm -hmm. family interactions? How can that be how can that roll over into other aspects of their lives? So it doesn't have to be all about the profession of being a physician. It, it's whatever they choose. You know, if you're looking at different aspects of life, like physical, financial, um, romantic, um, you know, work, career, um, you know, self-development, you know, different aspects, you can always delve into that with coaching and say, what is it that you feel that you really kind of mastered in your life and where might you want to succeed a little bit more? And, you know, sometimes people don't even know that what, what it is that they 
they want to work on until they look at kind of a wheel of life type picture and say, all right, this is where I think I might need some more help because this side of my wheel has um, kind of gone by the wayside while I've been working on the other side of the wheel, like career for, you know, residency, medical school, you know, fellowship and maybe starting business or something like that. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a circle of safety, confidential and a way to, I mean, it's not just for people who want to work on their patient physician interactions or, you know, how they interact with the people that they're supervising. If they're like a department chair, um, it, it can be any aspect of life. So I think that's where, you know, it's important to have the client know that they can pick their, like in my instance, I, I really love to um, explore a self-compassion project. Mm-hmm. Talked about your inner critic. Let's be compassionate towards ourselves. Let's work on ourselves. And so, you know, I think that that's the other thing that, you know, I really love to focus on and, and let other physicians know about. And I know you were going to talk about, um, you know, how the focus is the client. Exactly. Karina. I think you, you set that up perfectly in that the, the conversations, the discussions between a coach and a client are in 100% focused on the client. They are physician centric and it's about what the client wants to discuss and what they're looking for and what their needs are and what is top of mind for them, what they want to focus on in that particular moment. It's, it's not about the, the coach bringing the agenda that, you know, we, we, we've all gone to meetings where there's an agenda and the leader is following the agenda to a T and like, we're going to discuss this. We have five minutes to discuss this topic, five minutes for opening five minutes, you know, for uh, old topics that we had not closed. And, you know, there's a very clear agenda that's followed. And, and then we have ones where there's no agenda at all. And we kind of, we're all, we just show up and sometimes we're all looking at one another going, okay, what are we going to talk about here? And it's not that in the, the, with, in the sessions, in the coaching sessions, that the client has to know exactly what it is they want to talk about when the session starts. The agenda can come about organically and it will, you know, it will reveal itself. But when the agenda is established, it is all about the client. It is all about the coachee. It is about what they are looking for and what their needs are in that moment, what would most be a benefit for them? What do they want to take away from this conversation? What is going to help you after we hang up the phone or after we um, step out of the Zoom room? What What is it that you need right now? And uh, I know as as a client and also as a coach, I know as a, as a client, I really appreciated that because I, I knew the conversation would not um, take a turn and where we would start focusing on whatever it was the coach wanted to talk about at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that I, it was a time for me to also spend on myself, spend on my personal and my professional development. And as a, as a coach, it's so 
satisfying. And it really is, it's electrifying for me when you see your client discover something and you see your client like have a breakthrough or they have an aha moment or like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that before. And, you know, and they, and they may not even say it with that level of enthusiasm, but just, you can see like the awareness. It's as though the little light bulb literally turns on, on top of their head. And, um, and, and, and that kind of enlightenment allows them to take on risk that they wouldn't otherwise do, or it gives them clarity. It just gives them clarity about, okay, here's where I want to go next. Here's what, here's what I want to do. This is, this is my intention with this upcoming, upcoming conversation that I want to have with my leader or with my colleague or with my patient or with my practice manager or with my spouse or with my kids. I mean, it can, it doesn't have to be in the professional setting, but here's my intention and here's how I can make my intention really known because I now have greater clarity about what it is that I, what I really want and what I'm really hoping to achieve. And, and I, I just, I love the fact that this the coaching sessions allow our physician um, community have an opportunity to focus on themselves because Sometimes, you know, just I'll ask my clients, like, when was the last time you really did something for yourself? When was the last time you invested in you? Um, and it, it wasn't something that was going to benefit directly anybody else. I mean, there's indirect benefits of your own personal development and per- professional development on those around you. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you just did something just for you? And a lot of them have to really think about that. I don't remember. I'm not sure when I did this. And coaching is is an opportunity for you to do that. And it will translate into those benefits of those around you. When when you improve as an individual, your relationships get better and your outcomes can get better. And the organization that you're working for can can get better. So we can we can see that correlation and we can see that happen. Exactly. And I think, you know, you totally nailed it when you said that it's all about clarity. And, you know, as we are unlocking the mystery behind physician coaching, it's all about clarity and knowing why it is that we as coaches feel led to uh, be of service to other people in this way. And, um, Terry, can you tell us a little bit about the Master Physician Leaders and um, the programs that you have to offer? And we're we're also going to put this in the show notes um, so that you know how to contact um, Dr. Malcolm and, you know, maybe interact with her and um, participate in some of her her group coaching. I know that I've been a part of uh, one of her coaching events, and it was just totally life-changing. So... um, can you tell us a little bit about Master Physician Leaders? Uh, yeah, Matt. So Master Physician Leaders is my coaching firm, and um, you can find it at uh, mastermdleaders.com. And my my coaching philosophy is uh, is rooted in positive psychology and social and emotional intelligence, and um, I I aim to help physicians to thrive as they lead. So a lot. A lot of my clients are, are in 
leadership positions or they aspire to be in leadership positions. Uh, but that's not all of my clients. My, my clients are, you know, leaders and they're healthcare professionals because I am a firm believer that all physicians are, are leaders, whether you have a specific leadership title or, or not. And uh, so my, my focus is really in, as a physician, I think that you are, um, I really believe that you are somebody who has a commitment to helping to improve uh, processes and improving systems that will help people be their better selves. And in, and in doing that, you know, how can you best achieve that? And so that's really what, um, what Master Physician Leaders is in a nutshell. And um, my, my programs, you know, they, they do have leadership in, in the names, but again, like I said, it's coming from a place that everybody is, is a leader. And so whether you are someone who actually calls yourself a leader or sees yourself as a leader or is looking to move into a leadership position, I think that this is, um, this is an opportunity for you to focus on developing some new skills in yourself that we don't get in medical school. And I know in moving from full-time practice into partial leadership position and trying to juggle clinical and leadership, and then even moving into full-time leadership position, there were so many skills that I realized I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm at a loss here. I'm not quite sure how to, how to approach this. And I would have loved to have had a physician who, who understood that transition of moving from clinical practice into leadership and being a, a partner through throughout all of that and um and then as you kind of mentioned and alluded to another part that i've stepped into in terms of partnering with my executive coaches offering medical improv or offering um applied improv to physicians because that has been really instrumental to me and helping me again to get out of my own headspace and being really focused in present in the moment because improv is the is the new mindfulness so that's been just a really fun way to get physicians involved because sometimes when you talk about like self-awareness and social and emotional intelligence it sounds a little sounds mushy it just sounds you know just very woo woo and i think going into improv which is totally outside of my comfort zone and for most people it really is outside of their comfort zone but being able to do it amongst like-minded individuals being able to do it in a very controlled setting where you feel safe and you know that your mistakes are actually encouraged because everybody is there to support you and support your effort and to support the risk that um, having something like leadership improvement, which is all about improv, is a really is a fun way to learn some new skills, and you walk away with the whole core concept of improv, which is to yes and. Yes, I totally agree with all of that, and I think that um, when we look at emotional intelligence and the ability to be able to practice improvising. Um, which is one of the things that you do through your coaching that we become better at it, you know, see one, speech one, do one. Um, you know, it's, it's that type of mentality in, in medicine. And, you know, if, if we're able to practice and work on that, 
by identifying where we are um, with emotional intelligence or our personality types and how our personality types um, interact with others and being able to identify what the other person is doing um, or what their personality type is, it, it makes interactions a lot easier and um, easier to do kind of on demand too, which is what a lot of your coaching is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, it really is. It's focusing on, um, you know, how can I better manage myself in the moment so that I can improve my relationships with others. So it, that's, that's absolutely what the focus is on. Well, Dr. Malcolm, I so appreciate the time that you've been able to spend with me today talking about coaching and I'm interested in talking to you again, um, maybe a little bit more about emotional intelligence someday. So if we can put that on the books, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Definitely. I would love to. And that wraps up another episode of the Right Brain Rounds podcast with Dr. Karina Muller. If you would like more resources and information about Dr. Karina Muller, please visit ladydocs.com.